welcome, welcome to the Rhythm and Love podcast. I am your co-host, Melvin. And I'm your other co-host, Nick. Thanks for checking out the show, everyone. Melvin, we are recording this on Mother's Day right now. Love you, Mama. Happy, uh, happy Mother's Day. Take the floor. Take the floor. Tell everyone like, what you love about your mom. Uh, my mom is a sweetheart of a lady, always supportive, and always down for a good laugh. Right on. Yeah. Uh, my mom, amazing woman, great yeah. lady. She works so hard, and she's always been like the number one supporter I've had. Yes, it's like, hey, mom, I'm gonna can I borrow the car this weekend to go to Toronto? I'm gonna go film a band. Um, I'm not getting paid for it, but I'm trying to build up my portfolio. And she was like, yeah, 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 just uh, just you know, be careful. Text me oh, when you nice. get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh. or it's just like. Hey, we're going on a road trip. And my mom's just like, oh, it calls up because she has friends from all of her work connections. Like, hey, I got you a sweet deal at this hotel. It's like third of the price. Go in. Yeah, check yeah. in. And then we walk in and we get treated like, oh, it's Kim's son. It's, and oh, oh Kim, she's so great. And a little bit yeah. of royalty. So, mm-hmm. so I'll say, love you, mom. Yep. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Yes. Betty moms are listening to this podcast. You're doing a great job. So our guest this week just had a new EP come out a couple yes. of days ago. Came out on Friday. Uh, it's called Hellion. And our guest is Jesse Maxwell. He's an R&B singer from Toronto. Ooh. And, you know, during quarantine, a lot of us, you know, we tried new hobbies, you know, I'm going to try to take a painting or, Hey, I'm going to do puzzles, you know, just keep ourselves challenged. Uh, Jesse actually worked on this new EP to help self-produce it all himself. Right, right. Uh, he had a writing partner that helped him out, but he really poured his efforts into creating this great one of a kind EP that every song is different, but very similar at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. It's within the same universe. Mm-hmm. But, you know, or it's in the same solar system. Think just different planets. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's awesome. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. A lot of the chord selections that he used, just like just refreshing to hear, like a little bit jazzier. You can just hear the uh, the depths within the guitar tones and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, just a really sweet album. Some may even say yeah. it's a hellion of a EP. <laughs> You know what? That's a perfect way to put it, my man. Yeah, we this is like we talked to Jesse about how behind the kit, there he is. Saw the opportunity, Melvin took it. Rhythm and love, baby. Okay, <laughs> we love doing this podcast, and we love rhythm. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I cut you off. Yes, hey, that's fine. You you saw the opportunity to do your little fill there. Anyway, Jesse, we talked to him about you know. How do you think it's important to everyone to leave their hometown yeah. for a little bit, see what it's like? Yeah. You know, he did the hop to New York City yep. to learn to be uh, the culinary world. Yeah. And also, you know, met a band down there and said, hey, like, I'm going to sing your original songs, some yep. covers, played all over the city of New York. Totally. You know, I think that just goes to show, like, leaving your hometown, especially somewhere like New York City, 
with the intentions of going there to be a chef, he actually became more of a like a singer, and just like a real organic growth. And you know, who knows? Maybe that opportunity wouldn't have happened um, if he stayed at home or if he went to a mm-hmm. different city. But it's just amazing, like, yeah, leaving your scenery and just finding new organic opportunities that can pop up. Like, it can be pretty crazy sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? I was going to tell a lot more, but let's let the interview speak for itself. Let's let Jesse share his thoughts. Um, So let's get into it, guys. So if you're playing Fortnite on a Sunday, like my roommates upstairs. Or if you're just enjoying and remembering the great memories of your mom on Mother's Day. Oh, nice. Bring it back to mama. Grab yourself a drink. And enjoy the show. Hello. Hey, dude. What's going on? Hey, Nick and Melvin. How you guys doing? Good, man. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me on today. This is fun. Yo, yeah. Thank you for uh, accommodating. This is going to be awesome. Yeah. Oh, wait. Uh, okay. No, I'm good. thought my internet was like shitting out for a sec. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Same. We were uh, struggling with a, a little bit of a duplication in Nick's voice. There it was like going pop up, pop up. Okay, that wasn't just yeah. me. We don't know what the problem. By the way, are you guys in Toronto? Uh, London, London, Ontario. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You're you're in Toronto, right? Yeah, I'm in Toronto. Yeah, I'm in the recording studio. That's right. <laughs> That's this is my studio. <laughs> yeah. See. Nice. You're a drummer. Oh yeah. Okay. So you're you're the one that's a drummer for the Texas King. That's correct. Yeah. 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 Nice. Nice. Well, so you're doing well. How's COVID been treating you? COVID has been well. Yeah. It's just giving me a lot of time to like create and and do what I do best. Yeah. Um, kind of spend some, you know, spend a lot of time with family has been really nice. And and yeah, just like a lot of planning. It, it's honestly for me been really busy. Um, and I've been able to like focus on music. I've been able to grow the music career a lot, which has been such a blessing. And yeah. I know a lot of people have struggled during COVID. Right. Um, so yeah, it's interesting for sure. Yeah. Well, that's awesome that you took advantage of all the free time and just put yourself to work. Seriously. That's, There's that's a lot amazing. going on in here. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> I understand you there. Um, dude, I just want to say, or both Nick and I have listened to the EP and it's amazing man yeah and right off the bat like not in a in a weird way but like who are your influences not in the sense that you would like oh i want to sound like this person but like what's your inspiration to because like there's the chords that you choose are so beautiful and uh the melodies and the the harmonies it's just like all really nice you know thank you yeah. thank you guys i really appreciate that um yeah i mean my, my background in music is classical so right. I, I already kind of start at like a certain level because i have a great understanding of music theory so Fantastic. you know that's why i'm able to use a lot of a lot of different chords a lot of you'll hear a lot of like suspended chords extensions stuff like that right uh, make it a little jazzier yes and and same with same with the melody for sure but um yeah the influence are, are from everywhere you know it's it's you grow up hearing all these things from different directions and you kind of just like start creating and and you frame what you you know 
how do I explain it really? I guess it just, it, it just kind of like forms into whatever your interpretation of it is right? and whatever you want to say. And it kind of combines into one. And then, and then, you know, you have this new piece of music. Yeah, dude, it's fantastic. And even like, um, like you program the drums yourself too. Yeah. Uh, well I work with my co-producer Andreas yeah. and, um, both of us will, will do drum programming. He's the guitar guy though. I can't play guitar for my life. Okay. So okay. all the guitar is him nice, <laughs> and, nice. uh, and, and we'll go back and forth with everything else really. Right on. Yeah, dude. Like the drums, um, super funky, uh, chain smoking. I checked out some of the stuff on Spotify, uh, average. Wow. Some really like funky stuff in there. I like it a lot. So. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's been yeah. it's been fun, man, creating music for sure. It's been like a total journey because Radio Silence was the first project I put out and I was like so new to everything, you know what I mean? So it kind of like timestamped that part of my life. And this is a new timestamp. The next album will be another one. Um, and yeah, it's cool to just like listen to it. And because now I'm at the point where I've heard it a million times but I've taken a step back from it because I'm like, I want it to be fresh again. So I can, I can be excited. And, um, and yeah, I just listened back to it and I'm like, some, it's sometimes you hear something and you're like, I don't even know how we did this. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like with, like with smoke and mirrors, I love, I love that song. It's, it's the first song on the album. And like, it's so, it's so cool to me. And I think it's so like dark and ambient and it has this like mood to it. Right. I'm just like, I don't know how we got here, but it's sick yeah dude that's fantastic <laughs> I, I i love that like you just don't know how it happens that's like just the organic writing did that song kind of have like a automatic writing feel to it like it just kind of shit out um it i don't even remember actually now i feel like you know what it was i i started really getting into like lyricism um and i wanted to really perfect that craft which is on you know that's never going to happen. It's always going to be a, a journey and a process, but it was really the first song that I delve heavily into like, how do I make every single line special? Um, and so, yeah, so it was, it was organic in the way that it just kind of like flowed out. And, and I started from that point on writing like really stream of consciousness. Right. Um, because, you know, the freer your mind is the freer, the, the freer the song is. And like, it's really, it, it, it means something now because like, I was able to just not limit myself. And yeah. then after I get all these ridiculous ideas onto paper, then I can like hone it in a little bit. But um, yeah, it was like a cool process of writing that one for sure. Right, man. That's, um, that's wicked. Have you ever heard of this book called Effortless Mastery? I have not. It's written by a piano player, uh, Kenny Warner. And um, he talks about writing in that, that um, state of consciousness where everything's just flowing. And he gives you like some tips on some meditations when you approach your instrument. You know, you sit down and you and you breathe and you just kind of let things go. The big one is the negativity of thinking that you're going to play something bad. And 100%. then after you kind of get into that space, you, you I don't know, just things kind of work a little bit better. But yeah. I find it difficult to get there sometimes. It, that's a really that's a really good point though because that is really how you you know the the easiest way at least for me to write is that you can't limit yourself and there's no bad ideas. And then you just get everything out there without judgment of yourself. Because if I'm putting something down on paper that I think is ridiculous, I can figure it out later. You know what I mean? But maybe there's a part of my mind that wanted me to go there and there's something there. And maybe I can dive deeper into that. And instead before I would have just cut myself off, you right. know, never would have seen mm -hmm. that. Yeah, absolutely, man. Right. Uh, well, let's say. Like... <laughs> Sorry. 
let's uh let's dive a little deeper so you said you were classically trained uh, in piano was that something that you want to do or is it like a parent influence or like what made you want to learn that or i have no idea i was six years old and i was like i want to do classical music that's um, awesome. <laughs> crazy. Uh, my family, my family is very like classical music oriented. Um, like I, I have family members that were like concert pianists, and I have uh, a cousin of mine who's in the Toronto Symphony Orchestra. So, um, so just like every, like every, it's it just flows through my family, and I guess I'm kind of just wired that way. But I grew up inspired by them, uh, um, and I would see them. I'm like, wow, and I want to be a part of it. And then, yeah, I was like six years old and most six years old wanted to like play sports or do whatever. And I'm like, I'm taking piano lessons and we're going from here. Wow. Right on. That's uh, it's usually the other way around. Yeah, totally. But Ooh. I was into it. It's hard. Like I, I was teaching music for a few years, um, like a few years ago. And there was some students that I was teaching that were so young, but they want to do it. If they do want to do it, they're incredible at it because they're, there's, you know, kids don't lie about those things. You know what I mean? If, if you're five or six and you want to play piano, you're, you're going to do it a hundred percent. So, yeah. Yeah. So what was like, what was like your family gatherings? Like whenever you guys ever got together, was it just like full band practices, people hopping in and out at all or no, uh, no, it was pretty chill. Although that would have been crazy. Cool. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I want to think about that for future generations. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, right on. So, like, what were you, like, kind of learning on piano back then? Were you, like, doing, like, Beethoven or just getting your chord structures and scales and stuff down like that? Um, at the beginning, it it's just pretty basic stuff. You're learning, like, I was really open to learning theory. Um, right. So, you know, we would do a bunch of scales and chords and, and just, like, practices, um, intervals, stuff like that. Yeah, just, like, yeah. a bunch of ear training. Right. Um, because a lot of it too is is feel right so like even if you're playing Beethoven or Bach or Franz Liszt like you're playing what they're playing but you have to add your own in- interpretation of it um, like put your own emotion on it so right. yeah a lot of it is just like training the ear as well to like know what feels good um, right. and uh, and yeah so yeah yeah I mean there's a lot that goes into it I'm actually currently enrolled in um, a music theory course i'm trying to understand it as well i was i'm also taking a guitar chords uh 101 class oh nice just to kind of fuse the two and uh, yeah it's kind of just racking my brain a little bit like but <laughs> it almost like kind of makes sense like it makes everything make more sense because when you're like when you don't know how where to go with the next chord because you don't know the theory but once you kind of have that understanding, it's like, okay, so I'm in the key of C. Um, I The next note I could go to is an E being the third note in the scale or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, like a bunch of it is just understanding the technical part of it um, and then like improvising too. You know what I mean? Like like when, when your brain clicks it, like you can improvise in the key and you know where you can like modulate and where you can like put accidentals and stuff. Yeah. It really changes the game. But it is a whole other language. Yes, like, I, it, that's the thing. And it, it's difficult to it's more difficult to learn when you're an adult, because when you're an adult, your brain is already formed, you know what you know. Um, that's why I always think it's great when when kids start young, because they're they're learning everything for the first time. So like, you're throwing a bunch of music theory at them, they don't get it at the time, but you're like planting seeds. Yeah, totally. You're just like teaching them how to speak. Exactly. Like in that same time, per, time frame as yeah, that's very interesting, man. Love it. Yeah. So you um. You lived in New York for a bit. I did. 
How was that? So, <laughs> Nick, were you going to say something? <laughs> no, yeah, I was going to add on. Like, what? First off, what made you want to move to New York? Why did I want to move to New York? Yeah, I was originally doing chefing, so I was cooking in fine dining. Uh, I wasn't doing music at the time, and uh, I, I wasn't creating music at the time, I guess. And um, yeah, I wanted to like go away. I had always lived in Toronto, so. And, and a bunch of people that I knew lived in other places. And I always thought that was really cool because I just think it's, it's an important thing to do in life is to just move out of your hometown, even if it's for a little bit, cause that's what I did. I was there for like a year and a half and uh, it was super fun. But um, I originally moved out there to go to school. There was a small school that was like, um, it was for like a chef diploma. So I moved out there. I didn't know anybody. I moved into Brooklyn um i had my apartment yeah brooklyn was where it was at i didn't want to live in manhattan it was just like it was too busy i know a lot of people love that <laughs> but like and the thing too is like rent is way cheaper in brooklyn than it oh, is in wow. manhattan oh my gosh yeah there was some shoebox apartments that i was looking at where like the oven would open up over the bed and i'm like i can't personally do that <laughs> um and like for like 2400 a month it's just like it's wild it's wild yeah. um but yeah so i i moved out there like not knowing anybody and while i was in toronto i was talking to this band queens county roots and they were looking for a front man and i that was something i really wanted to do and i figured might as well i'm gonna be down there um, I'm going to be doing school, but it's only like for a few hours a day. So right. it was able to like, not only give me something to focus on, but just like, if you move to a new city and you don't know anyone, you want to feel the sense of home or family with people. And they like took me in and they were wonderful. And so we played all over, um, many times and it really like threw me in there. It was great. Right. So what's it like being in playing in a scene like New York? Cause you can you can play in so many different spots. Like you could literally probably book a tour in New York, <laughs> just all yeah. the different venues. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of places to play. Yeah. And we played some great ones too. Like there was, especially um, there were some gigs in Harlem that we did that were so much fun. Um, Cause right. they were a blues. They were like mainly blues, um, some blues rock. And like Harlem is great for that. You know what I mean? There's a great blues scene up there. Oh, right so on. yeah. So we would go, we would go there all the time. We, my favorite spot was this place called uh, Shrine shrine lounge i think okay. um yeah and and uh yeah it was amazing so there was just a ton of places but we played all over and like it, it was it was great experience playing there because a lot of people are playing music over there so it was just nice to like be in that environment where everyone's doing the same thing everyone's working for the same thing and like there's just a lot of a lot of music going on right on so was this like your first time you know constantly playing shows and stuff like had you performed a bunch yet at that point no i had never played live wow um yeah yeah it was, uh, <laughs> just it was go intense. big or go home eh? was, yeah. like, go to new york <laughs> the first the first gig that we ever played um was in brooklyn and it was it was like one of these situations where you're like the band for the night oh. so we, we it was like a bar but we the set was three hours long um oh. and I had never played before and I was so awkward and uncomfortable. And like, I, you know, being a front man is, is cool. And you have to like do stage banter. You can talk to people, but like, I was nervous. And then we were there for three hours and I was like, I don't know what to do with myself right now. Like I'm, I was like, we need to wrap this up. But it was good. I got like, I pushed through it and, uh, and yeah, it was like, it really, 
it was, it was unforgiving, but it was great though, because it, it taught me a lot for sure. Yeah. What were some of the, like the big things you took from it? Really just being comfortable. Like a lot of, there's a very certain energy. Um, I would say in big cities for sure. Like I've seen it in Toronto, but I saw it in New York as well. Just like it really taught me um, like showmanship and like, and like being able to, to relate to a crowd and being able to like make people feel comfortable um, and like to not hold back to, I think that was something that I learned because I was like nervous and you think, okay, if I'm nervous, I have to like, just be chill. I have to just do my thing. But when people come to see you play live, they want to like see you play live, you know? So there's no holding back at that point. So by the end of it, I was like, I was like throwing myself all over stage and like, and just, just like wiling out of it because it, you know, people, that's why people are there. You're like there to entertain people. And like, they want to know that you're having fun, you know? Yeah. Yeah. If you show that weakness of, of um, just nerves, they pick up totally. on that so quick. Totally. Everyone's weird. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you gotta be, you gotta be super cool. And, and that was like a, a big thing that I learned for sure. Um, and then the other thing too, that I learned actually was like playing slightly empty rooms was also a thing sometimes you know and it's like you have to go in you can't give any less effort if there's 10 people there or if there's 100 people there you know because there were some gigs that we played there were 10 people and there were some that i think the largest one we had was like close to 100 um we had sold out arlene's grocery which is in the lower east side so played there that's a wicked yeah nice yeah yeah i loved it there it's so much fun so like for that you know obviously that was an incredible night yeah. And it was packed and, and the whole room was vibing and it was amazing. And I didn't even have to, that's the thing too. I don't even have to do much at that point. You know, like right. if anything, I, that's the part where it's like, I can just chill and have fun because everyone's already enjoying themselves and the room is packed and the vibe is there. It's when there's less people you want to, you know, make sure that that love is there and even more um, because those people came to support you. So that was a cool lesson that I learned. Man, that's fantastic. Yeah. I really like that. Very cool. Was it like yeah. was it like original songs or was it like covers for those three hours, or were like no, you um, present like hey I have a song idea kind of thing? Did you ever like present that to the band or? I didn't know because my my personal music is like quite different than what they do, um, but Marlon Hurt is the lyricist of and he's also the lead guitarist of Queens County Roots and he's like super talented. He's really the reason why I started writing in the first place because his music was just so well done and I was really inspired by it. And the thing is, it's like when you hear a song that makes sense, um, it just like makes sense. But like, I was able to kind of witness his creative process with it, which was really interesting because he would like bring things to us that were like pretty much done, but then we would like finish it in the room um, and like transcribe it to live. So um, uh, what was the question again? Well, I was, I was curious, like for like those, especially like those three-hour sets, was it like a lot of oh, covers? Oh, originals right. or? It was just originals. Yeah, uh, there were some covers that we would do. Like we did an Etta James cover. Um, oh, nice. We did a Doors cover. Oh, um, that was super fun. Uh, but yeah, most of it was was Marlon stuff. Awesome. Yeah, he had like so much material. Wow, that's yeah. Nice. And what was cool about it too is like because you have so much material, we could play different sets and like adapt the set. Like if it, if it was a if it was a busier place, we're gonna play more of the hype songs. But if it's like a chiller place, we're gonna play the more chill songs. You nice. Know? Rather yeah. than bringing out like the big guns in the tiny bar. Right, which can 
blow the faces off everybody like in a bad for way sure. <laughs> for sure oh yeah 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 and there were some times too like we played this one bar and and the the bartender was like hey can you guys like keep it down a little bit oh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> Ooh, okay <laughs> i remember playing like a couple yeah. shows and the sound guy is saying, hey can you like turn your cymbals down somehow and it's just like, right oh, man this is gonna be one of those nights yeah <laughs> yeah it there's always one for sure <laughs> um dude you mentioned so you really liked this guy's uh, process and his lyrics and how a song makes sense. Can you like in like uh, expand on that? Like, how do you make a set of lyrics make sense? How do you make a set of lyrics make sense? There's like a combination of things. I think one melody is is like everything for me, but specifically melody flow. So like, how to you know? It's great if you can have a great hook, but like can the verse flow into the hook and it makes perfect sense and it makes that hook even hookier. Um, you know, a lot of like the actual lyrics too. Um, like I was, I, you know, the songs that he would write would just like, it would just be a whole story in like three minutes. You know what I mean? Even if it's not like a linear story and you're saying like, Oh, you know, this man was sitting on the bench and then the bus came like there, there's a, there's like a story that's happening and you're being brought into the moment. I guess that's what I'm trying to say is you're being brought into the moment um, of, of whatever the story is, you know? Right. So whether that be abstract and, and you're, and you're hinting at a lot of feelings or a lot of, a lot of just like weird imagery, or if it's really direct, but like, if you can listen to a song and you're like, wow, that has character and that's memorable. Um, and, and, and the difficult thing is like, there's not a perfect science. So like even answering it, it's like, I can't, I can't even put my finger on exactly what it is because there's many different types of great songs, you know, that make sense. Um, it's just a matter of like, if you listen to it, let's say as a finished product, can you relate to it? Can you, can you feel things from it? I guess it's huge for me too. Um, because music should be impactful, you know, at least right, yeah. the stuff that I listen to is like, it's really impactful and the stuff that he writes, is really impactful. So like when I hear it, it's like, I, I feel connection to that song and I'm able to even make my own connection, you know? So whether it's something that he's writing about specifically, or if it's just something that I hear and I relate to, you know, like I have a song undone and someone told me they were listening to in the car and it felt like a soundtrack of their life. And I was like, oh. that's so cool because for me, that song means something, but I don't think that person knows what that means for me. They know what it means for them. Right. And that means that it like connected with them. So I, yeah. There, there, but there is no perfect science to it. Yeah, yeah. That's what I love. Like, that's why I always think like makes up a good song, especially the lyrics, is when someone can relate to it. But then you, there's a totally different perspective than how someone else sees it or another person kind of thing. Exactly. Because like I've had so many discussions too, where you talk about a song, like, oh, I think it means this, and then like you talk to another person, like, no, I took it this way, kind of thing. And like it changes, you change the way you see a song and how you yeah. hear it as well. So, totally. Um, and I think a lot of the times too, that's someone like being specific but ambiguous enough that you can form your own relationship to it. You know, right? Because you're yeah. pulling out, you're pulling out, you're painting a picture for someone, and they're kind of just like finishing it for themselves. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, that's crazy. There was um uh, a song by Thornley that I used to really love. It was called "Come Again." And I always thought the meaning of the chorus was like, the, I get the line is like, um, I guess this is living. Would you come again? And I thought it meant like, would you come back after you die? 
And then when I finally got a chance to ask him, I was like, oh, I love that song. This is what I took from it. He's like, no, it means like, could you, could you say that again? Like, seriously? Come oh, again. Wow. I was like, whoa. That's not what I was thinking. When you said that, I was, I was thinking what you were thinking. Yeah, yeah. So very, it's, it is crazy how it changes between mm-hmm. uh, people. Totally. So you spent, you said what, a year and a half in New York doing school and doing the live music thing. And then did you come back to Toronto right away and start writing music? Or what did you do after that? I was actually writing while I was in New York. And Mar- it was like, I was just trying to get a bunch of things on paper and then uh, make them make sense, I guess. And then Marlon would sit with me and like go over them. I would send him things. He would like give me tips and stuff. Um, so that started while I was in New York. And then I started putting out music. I want to say while I was still in New York, but I feel like that's wrong. Um, but then I moved back to Toronto originally because my visa was up Oh, and, and that's a whole thing. But, yeah. but you know, what's funny is like, <laughs> it's like at the time it, it didn't make sense. Cause I was like, it's great here. Like I can make so many connections here. I've already made such a network here of people. So I thought it was going to be moving backwards, but the way that life has turned out right now, it was the best thing that could have happened because I was able to like start a bunch of things here in my home city. Um, right. So yeah, so when I when I moved back, I really like went pedal to the metal with it. Um, yeah, yeah. And I was like writing a bunch. I put out the album. I'm putting out the EP now, and it's just like, yeah, yeah, man. You've been busy. Um, I kind of wanted to ask, like, because you know Toronto is such a great city for music. Um, what is the R&B world like in Toronto? How does it operate? Because like I've noticed it, different genres. They have different ways of doing things. Uh, I used to play in punk and metal, and now I play in a rock band. And just the way that the bands operate, totally different, uh, just different strategies and techniques. So what is like the R&B, what's the R&B world like for you? Well, I will say I have not much experience because when I moved back, so I moved back in October or November of 2019. Oh. Took some time oh, okay, to get yeah. the band. Yeah, you know where this is going. Yeah. <laughs> Took some time to get the band together. Then we released the album in May, and we were ready. We had a we had a record release show booked at the Baby G, and then we had we had some other things lined up, and everything was canceled. So and and nothing has come back since. So I'm I'm I will let you know um, the second that I know. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean the the world that I've seen so far, like. I've met a lot of people who who are in the R&B world and like it's a really supportive community here. Um Fantastic. so I am I am excited to like be real with it when life mm-hmm. is here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you mentioned that you had like your band formed and everything. How did you go about like finding your band members and every, and whatnot? And um, give them shout outs right now cuz Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um they're incredible people. I'm like I'm first of all super super lucky to know them and play with them. Um and like funny stories about how I met some of them too. So like the drum, sorry, the bassist of the band, his name is Justin and I've known him my whole life. Um, and so he was really like the first person in the band. And then the second person was Lucas, who's the drummer. Um, because my, wait, my, yeah, my dad's girlfriend's mom, that's his son. That's her son. So they met at a party <laughs> and, uh, and, and my dad is basically like, Hey, you play drums and my son is putting together a band. So let's, what's your contact information? Um, and he's amazing. And then, yeah. uh, Jamila is one of the backup vocalists and I met her through a friend. 
I said, I reached out to my friend and I said, Hey, do you know anyone who does vocals? And she gave me Jamila. And then the last two are Andreas, who's now my co-producer and he's also the guitarist and right. Samaza, um, who's the other vocalist. And, uh, I met them both on Craigslist. Oh, no way. I put, yeah. I put out it, which is, and like, it blows my mind too, because like I, so I, I obviously had never met them before. They're like some of the closest people to me in my life. Um, but like, it's just crazy how things happen because I would have never thought to like put out a Craigslist ad. I know the Craigslist musician community is like, is pretty solid. So I figured it'd be a, a nice bet to do that. But like, I could have just put it out a few days later or they could have just not checked it or like whatever. Yeah. And yeah. We would, and it, you know, things would have been totally different, but yeah. It's so that to me is like the most wild because there's no connection there other than like I did an action and they reciprocated that action. Right on. It's man. like wild to me. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. And it's a solid band too. I watched a couple of videos that you guys did at the rehearsal factory. Yeah. It so sounds good. great. Yeah. 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 They're all like super talented and like, I, it's nice doing those that we did it like uh, all of the live recorded um, EP and some other songs because it was just nice to give some give them something to focus on yeah because there was like nothing else to do so I figured let's practice and let's let's get ready and we we were able to film it we filmed some here and then we filmed some at the rehearsal factory and like nice they sounded great and it was it was just nice to like focus on something you know right on yeah yeah absolutely and it kind of gets you guys yeah in a in a band setting and getting ready for when things hopefully open up. I mean, we're looking at the summer. That was the last I heard. Anybody who wanted to be vaccinated could get it. So hopefully, um, yeah. But yeah, for so for that, and then also like, that's the thing too, because people haven't had any live music. So it's kind of like a nice thing to do is just is like put out these, these live recorded sets. So it's like you're at a concert. Yeah. you're watching it on your computer um yeah. but uh, you know also to remind people that like we are live musicians and this is what we do right right you know, it's not just like one person doing something it's all it's all of us yeah totally and um how did you guys feel doing uh like a live stream show or um these yeah performance videos how do we feel doing it yeah is it like you know weird you know no um, audience <laughs> kind of I, I I guess so. I mean, the, we didn't really like because we didn't do a live stream. Live streams are weird. I'm right, not. Right. I mean, I get that live stream is a thing to do, um, but it's difficult. Like you're lacking in that human connection, and like I, it, it 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 does teach me things because it like you have to entertain people without seeing their face or their reaction or like even if they're watching. Right, so right. Uh, you just have to like keep going and be yeah. the entertainment. Um, but the way that we formatted this was, was like a recorded live set. So it was a little less awkward for sure. Gotcha. Yeah. You're yeah. Going we were just like in the zone and vibing. Yeah. 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 You're doing it more like, um, like a music video or just a rehearsal with cameras in you, in your face. Exactly. Yeah. Like a rehearsal with cameras. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. 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 A year ago you released, uh, your first EP. And so what are you doing between now and the live shows? Are you just practicing more? Are you writing more? No, not really any live shows unless that opens up. Um, and like we've recorded all of our live sets. So um, I haven't released them. I'm going to release them after the EP comes out. But Smart. we really took this chance to like write. So we just finished the next album 
um, to full length album. And I, I literally today went down to the mixing engineer because um, nice. uh, now like this is the first the next album is the first project that I want to start outsourcing all the sound engineering. Um, oh, wow. So that was something that I wanted to do for sure. And uh, and yeah, so that's that's what we've been busy with, you know, um, oh. and just kind of like planning for the future music videos, branding stuff, um, you know, strategies, anything, anything that we can do, because um, I, I am like a person that will just like do things kind of at the last minute. So, uh, so <laughs> and like that gets difficult, you know, especially around rollout time. It's like there's deadlines and I, I'm just like swamped. So, uh, yeah, I'm starting this one a year out and nice. we're, you're gonna, we're gonna prepare everything so that it's, it's easier for me. Well, it's going to be kind of, kind of nice for you too. Cause like you did all these last ones yourself, right? So you did the mixing yourself. You did like the mastering all yourself. So now to like, what does it feel like having to pass that off to someone else? Are you relieved? Are you, do you wish like you could be there more kind of thing or. Um, you know what? it was definitely my decision to, to outsource that. I think that like, for me, I, I really wanted to put out a project that was self engineered. I thought that was, it was like a goal of mine I wanted to do. It and I thought that would be really cool. And, um, and I'm really glad that I did that because I think it does sound great, but there are certain things like, and you know, I don't want to like knock anything about the EP because I think it's it's great and it was made like especially the way it was made it was so DIY and like we spent zero dollars for the creation of this album That's amazing. so like yeah so so for that like it, it was really great and and I think it I think it sounds great I think to 90% of people in the world it sounds great I think to music techies like myself things can always sound better, you know, and I, I'm not a professional, like I'm just a kid who has taken a few years to like teach himself sound engineering. Wow, um, nice. So yeah, like it was, uh, you know, a bunch of like YouTube videos and tutorials. And then most importantly, just like trial and error, you know, and like tweak things until it sounds good for my ear. Right. So, right. And, and which is great, but like, I, I think for this next album, I just, I, I it felt really relieved to just be like, all right, now I can just, give it to someone else and it's an investment that i wanted to make for my career because like little things like i want to press the the, the album onto vinyl so nice. if i'm going to do that like i really want it to sound as perfect as it can be you know totally man absolutely yeah, um, yeah. and that's the difference too because this album is for streaming and for streaming this is great um but yeah it was just something that i i was like all right i checked it off my list i did this the the self engineer and now i'm going to just make the investment to go professional with it yeah, yeah. Um, I heard an interview with uh, John Bellion. I guess he did his first album himself, too. And when it came to the second album, okay. he, he didn't want that to become a thing where he's like, oh, I, John Bellion's yeah. good because he does it himself. He's like, I want to just, the next album, I'm just going to collab with everybody. So um, I feel like we all need to get to that point that, you know, you do things for yourself for a number of years and then you realize oh, it's better with other people. It totally is. Be collaboration is always better, yeah. you know, and it's funny, too, because I, I, you know, I can't speak for anyone else. I don't know why, why anyone does it. it. For me, it was a combination of things. It was to prove to myself that I could do it. But I think that that lies in a little bit of pride, you know, because Whoa. at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if I can do it myself or not. It doesn't change the music. You know what I mean? Um, it's it's what's best for this song, not what's best for me and how I feel about it. Um, 
So yeah. And you know what? Good for him for doing the first album. And like, that's what I wanted to do as well. But like, yeah, now it's time that it's like, all right, collaboration and like bringing more ears onto this project so that it can reach its full maximum potential, right, you know? Right. And there's, there's nothing wrong with that. Totally. Yeah. Um, man, I would love to get your opinion on, um, on this topic because it's so common with songwriters and just musicians in general, but it's serving the song. Um, if you got four people in the room or you're working with your producer, when do you decide, okay, I need to listen to what he's saying and he, or vice versa, they need to listen to what I'm saying, he or she. Um, that's funny. I was actually thinking about that today. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, you know what? I don't know if there is ever really a time. I think the beauty, but also the curse of collaboration is that it is collaborative. Right. So there is no one leader. You know? Right. Okay. Um, the, like you know, that. as the artist, you could always say, yeah, well, this is, this is the song that's going to be dropped under my name. So I want to have final say on this. And, you know, a lot of times, if you're an artist with something to say that can come in handy for sure. But like a lot of times it does stem from pride a little bit, you know what I mean? And it's like, yeah. there are people, if you're working with four people to write this song, yeah, those four people hopefully are great at what they do, you know? So like you have to be open to whatever is happening again, because of what is best for the song, not what is best for me and how right. I feel about it. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, but to be honest, I don't have a ton of experience with co-writing. Right. I've done a little bit of it, um, and it is a challenge. I think I'm more of like the, let me spit a bunch of ideas out, and then someone else will will just kind of hone it in a little bit and nice. make that final set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's kind of funny because like you 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 uh, you have experience with the culinary world, and Melvin used to work uh, back in the restaurant days. And it's so funny because like you have your job to do, but there's also people to your left and right who are also contributing to this final piece kind of thing that you're all working towards. Right. And it's yeah, a, that's, a, that's a great like, analogy. Yeah, totally. Because at the end of the day, you are doing your own job, but everyone around you is putting together the same dish. You know. Mm -hmm. um, that's a good one. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so yeah, but it's same, it really is the same thing here, you know, because that dish is the music and it's like you have all these people who are, and that's the thing too, like they're bringing different perspectives. You're not going to have, and if you are, that's kind of trash. If you're working with four people who are all on the exact same page, you're not really going to get much of anywhere. Um, yeah. The beauty of it is working with people who come from those different mindsets and those different techniques. You like kind of form it into one. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, we were just recording a few months back and this was the first time um, – we had hired a producer in the sense where we're like, no, you need, you need to tell us that it's bad. You need to change parts. <laughs> um, Cause we did all right before, but it was just like, that was the experience we were looking for. So, and I think that made it easier to be like, okay, I'm just going to listen to you. In fact, right. did they change it? Oh yeah. They were, they changed the songs in my opinion for the better. Okay. Yeah, there you because go. Because it was uh, like we were able to get out of our own ways and just listen to somebody else. Yeah, that's really all it's about, you know, like I think it's great when when like even for myself, I I write everything myself, all the lyrics myself. Crazy. But I don't have always that external opinion. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it makes sense in my head and what I want to say. Um yeah. 
but that's only in my my own perspective and i'm still like i still try to be open and like i ask for for advice from people but like if people come in and that's the thing too like if people come in at the end of it they're like hey okay so we've done this thing now you change it it's difficult for people because it's already a thing and they already assume that you are saying what you want to say you know so when i yeah. when i show people things and i'm like hey this is done but like let me know what you think because i'll change anything they're like not usually going to tell me yeah, um yeah. because oh, yeah. right because they don't they don't like it's already done you know what i mean it's different if you're like in the room with people and you're you're creating with them so they can yeah. give their input as the creative process is happening not afterwards and then it's like well how do i contribute to this i see i see so it's interesting yeah so how does that role work with you and andreas um which role like of me doing the lyrics and well, him like co-producing and stuff with you is he editing your lyrics with you or is he he uh it, yeah um we'll do a lot of the instrumentation together right um but i will show him everything um and like we'll all the lyrics and stuff and like we'll go through it and um yeah like he'll have really good things to say about it sometimes yeah, and that's yeah. the thing too. Like, it's easier for him because he is a part of that creative process, right? You know, so there have been times where, like, and I love that too. Like, if I can show something to someone and they're like, "Change this," I'm like, "Thanks, awesome," because I wouldn't have really thought about that, or I wouldn't yeah. have taken it in that direction. Um, so yeah, it is really helpful for sure, man. And awesome. he's like, and he's great with it too. Like, you know, I feel like he should be writing lyrics um he oh, he yeah? does have yeah he does have great ideas for sure <laughs> yeah yeah right on uh nick what was that lyric that you liked you were mentioning on the phone oh uh, i can't remember but i was listening to it over this past weekend it was something along the lines of like um uh if our time together was money it would be counterfeit yeah that's and I, I remember i was just like wait what and i literally like my phone's plugged in the speakers and i was doing like some cleaning and i went back to just listen to it again and i was like holy crap like that's amazing like you know what's funny about that i wrote that because that whole verse is all like money metaphors it's if time wait how does it go if time is currency ours wasn't counterfeit but now we're overdrawn and we took for granted this bank of memories we used to make when you see my face you'll say i've changed like i'm in disguise but the real we would never die and when i wrote that i was like no one's gonna pick this up like yeah i thought it was so cool because i was like oh like we just went hard into that yeah. metaphor and i used it like in so many different ways um and i was really hoping that people would pick it up but i have heard i have heard people like that lot so that makes me excited mm. <laughs> well that's the thing too like you i remember like you know buying cds or even like vinyl nowadays like you have like those lyric sheets in front of you and the problem with streaming is less of the lyrics are there sometimes you're going to miss out on connections like that kind of thing right totally yeah yeah it kind of is the way it is i mean i know like spotify is doing this thing now where you can like click on lyrics uh really? which which does help no oh, way. yeah i think so i, know, I, know, I know i've seen it, I know, apple, I know music that has it. apple music has it but i know uh but i even think it's with genius so that that's not even for all artists you know what i mean like i i won't get lyrics like that mm. unless there's a way to do it myself but yeah um i really hope people do pick that up but there's a lot of lyrics like that that are lost you know mm -hmm. yeah yeah you would think that 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 would have been figured out like day one of spotify being released you know? <laughs> I know. well there, there's a lot of people that i listen to who are like really underground and like 
I hear their stuff and it's crazy. It's like, I love their stuff, but I don't always understand what they're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And there's nowhere for me to search it up. Right. That's right. where lyric videos come in nowadays. I know. That's <laughs> yeah, the greatest thing. You're like, I've got to watch some yeah. lyric videos. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you just have to watch a video, I guess these days. Yeah. But, so it is there somewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Times are changing, man. Um, well, dude, uh, so you got the album coming out or you got the EP coming out, you got the whole album ready to go. Um, is there anything else you got going on that you would like to talk about? Um, no, I mean, that's really it. Um, it's been a whole ride. Like I've been really, yeah, I've been just focusing on this EP. I've been like working with some artists. Um, I've been writing for some artists. So yeah. It's oh, just, wow. Yeah. It feels nice to be like in it. Okay. Really. So, so how does that feel writing for somebody else? Do you find that easier? Um, or more different? No, not really. <laughs> um, no, because like I like to do things a certain way. Yeah. Um, so that's how I'll do to my music, but I have to keep in mind that like, if I'm writing for someone else, that's not how they're doing it. And maybe like, I just wrote this one who there was like, uh, it was meant to be more like marketable, more on, on the like pop R and B side. And my stuff is like, not as much that it's a little bit like left of center. So to write that, I'm like, you know, I don't always think of like, okay, what's the catchiest hook that I can do here. And like, what's going to be the most memorable. It's more on like a feeling for me, but I tried to channel those, those energies into that. So if I can make something that's like catchy, poppy and marketable, but I can like put my own Jesse Maxwell twist on it. Right. Right. Um, and like infuse those, those, uh, those characteristics. Yeah. So it, it's, it's a balancing act, but it is fun because I get to like write in character almost. Oh, you know? sick. So that's like, what, what would the, and like, I don't even know some of these people. So it's like, what would this person want to say? Um, and a lot of the time too, it's like, I have to make it general enough and specific enough that it can be related to anyone, you know? And, right. and that kind of goes back to like this perfect song idea is like, is there that balance of this is specific enough to me and I'm saying something of substance, but it's general enough that anyone can relate to it. Right. Right. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, but it's fun though. Yeah, super mm. fun. So I guess I guess when things open up and shows happen again, you're gonna have you know the first EP, the, uh, the release party for that, this one here, then you're gonna have the full length. So you're gonna have like a whole set already developed yeah. and ready to go, man. <laughs> yeah, for real. We're gonna have so many songs at that point. It's gonna be it's gonna be insane. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm just really excited. I hope it I hope it comes back soon. I I'm hoping for like the fall or something um you know yeah, still nice people will come out, out. Yeah. exactly um yeah so so we'll see i'm gonna hang in there for sure well it's like i think everyone we've talked to for this show has just been like i just want live music to come back like i just want this scene to develop again Seriously. and like yeah you know, i saw a status the other day where my friends was like i just want to pay 12 dollars for a beer <laughs> <laughs> I just let me do it again. <laughs> the whole atmosphere, I know it's crazy. And what, mm. what's crazy is that there's some places that are already back. So it's like, oh yeah, like yeah. when is that gonna happen here? Exactly. Yeah. Dude, dare we say I saw a thing about Florida today, like Jacksonville okay. yesterday, packed arena. Yeah, I saw that too. I think it was for was it basketball there, Nick? Uh, I think it's um I, the one I saw was about uh um machine gun kelly he was he played a show recently 
and like it showed the it was showed like the theater and it was packed that's why wow. and so it's just like and i know like kflay just announced uh a 2022 tour with some canadian dates in there oh nice and like january february so okay. i'm like okay february next year like yeah. gonna be here soon <laughs> like yeah i mean yeah well arlo parks just announced tour in toronto in october oh wow oh, yeah so maybe yeah. october exactly that's what that's what i'm hoping for mm-hmm. i'm ready to go to work yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right man well dude we wish you the best of luck mm-hmm. you guys. ep's amazing and uh yeah. hopefully you get to play a show here in london sometime we'll come we'll, we'll be there for sure i man. will let you guys know for sure absolutely totally. yeah thank you guys so much for having me on today this is super dude, fun thanks for Perfect. taking the time thanks, yeah yeah We just want to say thanks to Jesse again and, um, you know, make sure to subscribe on Apple Music, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, Anchor, Anchor FM. Um, so, yeah, just give us a like and uh, maybe a little review. Help us expand uh, expand our viewers. So thank you exactly. very much for listening. And if you're looking for a certain episode or want to learn more about, you know, the process behind this show, go to our website, rhythmandlove.com. You find all the episodes up on there. Yeah. And uh, a couple other special things there. We got some drum mm-hmm. videos up there, too, um, mm-hmm. which both Nick and I worked on. So, uh, And we'll be doing more when this lockdown ends. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much, guys. Enjoy your Mother's Day, and uh, we'll talk to you very soon. All right. Bye, everyone.